Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Hashtag Get Merry podcast, helping you live your healthiest, your happiest, your most merriest life possible. We're your hosts, Emma and Carla Pappas, aka the Merrymaker Sisters, aka the Marys. So are you ready? Let's get merry. excited again because we have a guest in the office slash studio. We are always excited. But I know. Extra but excited. we're extra excited this week because we have our very good friend and also amazing doctor friend, <laughs> Leah Freeman, here sitting on the ground with us. Hello, Hi, ladies. Leah. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Very well, thank you. That's thank good. you for having me. Oh, it is our pleasure. We're so grateful. So the reason why we realized, well, we've realized before, like, why don't we have Leah on the podcast yet? I know. But then especially because this month, October, is Breast Awareness Month. It is. And Leah is a breast clinician. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, that correct. <laughs> so what is a breast clinician? So uh, a breast clinician is a doctor that works in breast medicine, which mm-hmm. is, you know, basically a, its own sort of niche subgroup of, of medicine. And I look after anyone that's got breasts, basically, So uh, and anything to do with them. So okay. from the whole range of, you know, benign breast disease mm-hmm. through to breast cancer, diagnosis, treatment, and follow-up afterwards. So, um, yeah. Wow. wow. Oh, my gosh. And I guess, like, obviously, because it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Is it Breast Cancer Awareness oh, Month or a Breast, breast awareness, awareness Month? I don't know. Hmm. I think we should look <laughs> it up. <laughs> 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 but anyway, it is all Something about, about it's all about the boobs. It's all about the breasts. So <laughs> I now I'm feeling everyone, my boobs. Everyone, just your boobs. Be aware of your breasts. <laughs> yes, they're amazing. <laughs> so I guess like I was also doing some stat checks uh, for breast cancer, and it kind of made me be like whoa Mm. something I guess when you don't have it in your life you don't really think about Mm. it until it's in your life and then it's like well what could have we done before to make sure we knew sooner blah 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 and we're going to talk about that more but like in Australia how many women and men I guess are getting diagnosed with breast cancer so the current statistics are that one in eight women in their lifetime up to the age of 85 will develop a breast cancer wow so um you know, we all know more than eight women in our mm. lives. So the chances are we're going to have someone in our circle or in our family or that mm. we know or associated with that are going to develop breast cancer. Whoa. So, you know, it's a lot. It's, you know. Yeah, it's mm. like it's scary. And I guess as well, like we can thank Hollywood for like bringing it <laughs> to yeah. our like lives as well. Because, I mean, like you hear like people like Angelina Jolie getting her breast removed or like, I mean, it's even in that show, The Bold Type, they were talking about the BRCA mm-hmm. uh, gene and how she was, she found out she had it because her mum died of breast cancer mm. in the show. This is 
So yeah. it's it's obviously like a hot topic right now and there's obviously lots of movement forward in the medical world with that gene testing as well. So it's a it's a What is the gene test? The gene test. So there are, most women who get breast cancer do not have a genetic predisposition to getting breast cancer. The the predisposition to getting breast cancer is the fact that they're female and they have breasts. So oh. actually being female is your biggest risk factor for developing breast oh. cancer. There's a subset of women who have a genetic predisposition um, and have – there's probably about 12 genes that are associated uh, with increasing your risk of breast cancer mm. and BRCA1 and BRCA2 are the, the most well-known. Um, and there's familial groups that, you know, when we take their history we can – have some idea that maybe there's something genetic going on with that family and these women may be at high risk and they're recommended to have genetic testing. Um, Certainly going forward, you know, genetic medicine is coming along in leaps and bounds Mm. and we'll be doing, you know, a lot more testing in Mm. the future than we have been because we know what to do with the information. Yeah. um, Yeah. So it will, we will be doing more testing. We're probably not going to find too many more genes that we don't know about yeah you know, yeah got that but um you know we're probably gonna be testing more women and doing more early intervention and you know wow. high-risk screening for women who who need it ah yeah. uh, okay so is the intervention intervention is that yep. the right yeah that's kind of like key isn't it to like to finding the cancer earlier and then treating it i guess sooner before it grows or develops yeah so, so that's the goal of like breast breast cancer awareness and stuff absolutely so uh early detection mm. is our biggest tool of mm-hmm. you know improving your mm-hmm. prognosis so you know in the population you know that obviously I see the whole spectrum of the uh, breast cancer women. But, um, you know, for a lot of women when they come to me and they've got an early small breast cancer that's been detected at screening, I can be really quite positive about their prognosis. Mm, And, you know, when we talk in terms of, you know, five-year and 10-year survival, you can be really, you know, give them good figures that, you know, there's – good chance you're going to be alive in 10 years because we've caught it early, we've got good treatments and, um, you know, you can actually – as weird as it sounds, be quite positive about a breast cancer diagnosis yeah. wow. because it's not necessarily a death sentence these days. Yeah. Oh. Obviously, it, it's very variable depending on, you know, the, the individual's, um, you know, presentation and what they've mm. got. But, um, you know, a lot of the time we can be quite positive about their prognosis. It's such a, like, big topic. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like it's so, like, oh, my gosh, and um, – like I just I'm I can't imagine even working in like this field. Like, mm. is it massive? Like I guess you have to kind of like have like that kind of separation, or like I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to ask. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you not get get so sad? Like I would feel really sad every day. I mean, I sort of look at. You know, it sounds a bit naff, but I I find it a privilege to work with these yeah. women and work with them on their journey, and and in the work that I do because I, you know, often see them at diagnosis and then through their yeah, treatments and wow. their surgeries, and you know, for at least five years after. Wow. Um, you know, it's it's a long, <laughs> a long road and a long journey. Mm, if we're going to yeah. get all Australian idol about it, um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, you get to know these women and, you know, when they get to the other end and, you know, it's it's nice to be, you know, see them getting on with their lives. Yeah, and, yeah. it's yeah. like amazing. you're part of, mm. you're their guide, they're yeah. part of, you're part of the journey. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, telling someone they've got cancer is a, you know, it's a massive thing. I don't think oh. any doctors take it lightly, no. but to be able to feel like you've done it in a way that, you know, 
done it well, yeah, as, no. as weird as that sounds, you know, so that the patient, you know, feels supported and has enough information but not too much, you know, yeah. not overwhelmed, they have a plan, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I kind of, I, you know, find that, you know, quite a privilege to be able to do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that's like an, a form of art really. Yes. To be able to tell someone that kind of news in a way where they feel supported mm. and positive as you said when yeah. in some cases about yeah. it yeah is amazing yeah I mean obviously you don't you don't get that outcome all the time and no. I probably do it badly sometimes but you know you're amazing you're amazing okay just like take it oh, I'm okay. saying that must be difficult you're like yeah it is and it's an amazing thing to to help these women and I mean mm. like we're so grateful for people like you and doctors mm. because far out like I know, hand up. I could never, never do it. Yeah. I couldn't. I just simply couldn't. Yeah. So yeah. you are. And they're, they're not the expert in breast cancer. We are. So you know, mm. something you've got to take them under your wing a bit sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we're going to do all this stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, it's okay. really overwhelming for people. It's a lot. You know, your life suddenly changes on the. You know. Oh, honestly, you, you just got- reading a paragraph, I mm. felt overwhelmed. Mm. Like that's how I was like. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Like my heart. There's suddenly so much information mm. for them, and you know things that's going to happen to them and decisions to be made and yeah. things. And it's, it's a really high-pressure time. Yeah, so they, full you on. Know, supportive therapy, yeah. you know, yeah. and being around and, you know, answering questions is a really important part of it all. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So early intervention, is that what we call it? Early detection. Detection. <laughs> what? Why oh, do I don't know. I don't know. Well, we talked about interventions, interventions. As, as far as the people who know they've got BRCA gene. Oh, we right. Early detection. Detect- early Here detection. Here we go. For the okay. run-of-the-mill people. Yes. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> we clarified that. Yeah. Um, so what like, what do we need to know about how we do our own checks and how often do we need to get checked by the mammogram? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and I did a little squishy little alligator. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the room, clap, clap. I was clapping my hands, <laughs> squishing boobs down yes. and flat. <laughs> How flat do they make it, by the way? Um, well, I was just uh, talking to a radiologist friend of mine about this this morning, and like the machines have come along in leaps mm. and bounds. Um, you know, a lot of women do find it uncomfortable having their mammogram. Yeah. Um, you know, the spectrum of how sensitive women's breasts are is just so wide. You know, I often say to patients, some women, mm. I can look at their breasts and it hurts, and other wow. women, I could run them over with a Mack truck and they wouldn't know about it. Yeah. You know, and somewhere in the middle, everyone else sits. So some women don't even turn a whisker at a mammogram, and other women, you know, can't stand the thought of. Wow. How interesting. I never yeah. really thought about that. Yeah, but well, yeah. I haven't had one yet. Because I don't no, need you're, one. You're too yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, but you can know yeah. if your breasts are super sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. I understand. And they no. probably change across your cycle. And, you I was know, like, we're really sore now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, mammogram. Mammogram. So, uh, you know, mammograms are still our gold standard for detecting okay. breast cancer. They're a, an x-ray picture of your breasts um, that is – repeatable so that from one year or, you know, for most women have their mammograms every two years, Mm -hmm. we can compare one to the other and see if Mm. if there's a change. And the people who read mammograms are, you know, very skilled. And in Australia, all mammograms are double read, which even in the the private system, they're double read, as in two radiologists look look at them and make sure that they agree. Oh, wow. So, um, and certainly in the the public system through the breast screen screening program, um, 
they're all they're all double read as well and, and sometimes read by a third person. That's amazing. Some, yeah. So there's lots of um, you know, checks in place to try and avoid missing things. But mm, yeah. mammograms also don't pick up every breast cancer. Yeah, nothing, okay. nothing nothing is hundred percent perfect. We don't have a perfect test for lots yeah. of things and but they do certainly pick up, you know, the majority of things mm. that we need to. Okay. So yeah. and then that self kind of like examination (laughs) like how do you do that so it's about being breast aware so Mm. you know they've done some studies and they've they haven't shown that women who are you know didactically taught how to examine their breasts and do it every month actually probably pick up more breast cancer or are diagnosed earlier than women who don't but just being aware of the changes to look for and feel for and um you know know what to do with that change Mm. is um is the important thing so being breast aware just means knowing what's normal for you. Mm. And I, you know, people are like, well, you know, how do I know that? So mm. I generally tell people, look, you know, examine your breasts a few times mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't want to do it every day. I say do it the week after your period because, as you probably all know, your yeah. breasts are getting, you know, sore and lumpier in that couple of weeks before your period. Why um, do they get lumpy during your period? So basically your breasts are – Every month preparing for you to have a baby and for them to do their job and lactate and breastfeed. Oh. So <laughs> as you go, you know, after your period, you know, your, your eggs in there ready to ovulate. Mm. And from ovulation, your body's going, yes, I'm going to get pregnant this month. I'm going <laughs> to do my job. And so your boobs, you know, and, and the glands and the cells in there are changing and preparing to do all that. So they're getting bigger, they're getting active, and your breasts often get lumpy and sore during that time. Ah. Your nipples get sensitive, all that sort of stuff. Um, so interesting. And then you disappoint them by having a period and <laughs> like, not getting pregnant. Not again. Not again. And so they go into a sulk for another couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh so they're quiet God. down you don't hear from them for a couple of weeks until the whole process happens yeah <laughs> you're like ow again yeah. oh already <laughs> but that happened really fast it was a week that month yeah, exactly. oh my gosh <laughs> and obviously there's a you know the spectrum of how much women notice it that themselves there's a lot of women who would notice no changes in their breasts throughout yeah. their month but a lot of women who could mark the day in their diary by what's going on with their breasts yeah, yeah. Oh, so I'm, fascinating. i can tell definitely. yeah so um the week after your period that is when we should do the self-check yeah probably because they're you're less you know they're less active they're less yeah. lumpy they're less tender you mm-hmm. can a have a better feel because they don't hurt so much and mm-hmm. they're going to be less lumpy so you're probably mm-hmm. you know get going to get them at their baseline yeah okay cool. and so how would we then do the self-check if mm-hmm. you were telling me right now like what would yep. it do with my body yep so i tell women to strip off and have a good look in the mirror to mm-hmm. start with so you're you know just observing your breasts i'm not gonna do that of- <laughs> <laughs> we are not doing this live in the studio it's a mirror <laughs> So, you know, you think I get out of the shower every day and dry yeah. myself. Yeah. You probably don't have a good look at your breasts. And, yeah, you know, yeah, true. See what, they, what they're doing. So have a look in the mirror. You know, like lift your arms totally up have above your head and look. see, you know, underneath your breasts and how they move and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, the things you want to look for are obvious lumps that you can see, you know, contour changes that are mm. different, um, skin changes, so any um, – especially when you lift your arms up in the air, any puckering or dimpling or tethering of the skin that happens that looks different from what it usually okay. do. Um, you have a good look at your nipples, make sure there's no funny rashes, they're mm-hmm. not poking in when they used to poke out, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, 
yeah, so they're the, they're you know the main things from an observation okay. mm-hmm. point of view that you want to have a look at. Um, a lot of people like to examine their breasts in the shower. Um, you know, that's great if it works for you. If you can concentrate for that long, I think most people start thinking about their shopping list and the the mold on the floor and get a bit distracted <laughs> in the shower. Um, so I, you know, when you're getting to know your breasts, I I tend to say, look, you know, lie down on your bed. Um, you want to examine the opposite breast with the opposite hand. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're examining your left breast, for example, put your left arm on the pillow above your head just to sort of flatten your breast out against your Mm -hmm. chest wall and you want to feel it with your right hand. Ah, okay. Um, You know, you can do it whichever way you like. Some people like to use a bit of moisturiser or talcum powder or Mm -hmm. something. You you probably don't need that. And you just want to feel with sort of the the flat part of your fingers as a a gross overall feel of of what, what the texture is of your breasts and okay. you know where does it feel thicker where does it you know mm. where can I feel my ribs which is a common thing people feel and <laughs> you know immediately panic but it's you know it's common to be able to feel your ribs yeah. and your as well so um you know I guess I guess the take-home message is if you see or feel anything that feels different or unusual mm. to you go and see your doctor mm-hmm. yeah. yes yeah. okay cool and then I guess when you first start this kind of like this self-examining thing, do it a few times to get the baseline so yeah. you know, okay, th- that's normal, that's normal, that's normal, yeah. and then you know yeah. Yeah. if anything else mm-hmm. comes about. It's like, okay, yeah. book in. Yeah. yeah. So Check I normally it. say, you know, if you're not worried about anything, do it a few months in a, in a yeah. row so you go, yep, they still feel like that, yep, this is my texture, this is, mm-hmm. you know, what is normal for me, um, you know, and then hopefully you can you – know, pick up if something changes. I also tell people because they're like, I won't remember month to month, draw a couple of circles in your diary yeah, or whatever yeah. and just mark, oh, yeah, in that sort of up near my armpit, it was a bit thicker. I'm going to check and okay. see if it felt, feels like that next month. Yeah, yep. mm. that's nice and easy yeah. then to remember. Okay. And if you do feel something that feels odd, like you feel a lump, you know, give it a couple of days and have another go. As we mentioned earlier, your breasts are constantly mm-hmm. changing. So, you know, if you feel something one day and then you can't feel it for the next week, then it, it's probably – going to be okay but you know as i said if you feel anything that you worry about go and see your doctor mm, wow cool okay that's something so cool. we all need to it's add like, to our monthly regime yep. yeah and such a doable easy thing yeah it like, takes five minutes yeah. it, you know we do a lot of oh especially at merry body they talk about doing lots of nice things for yourself that yes. take longer than five yeah. minutes so yeah so true so true add in yeah and then that can like maybe save your life so yeah probably worthwhile yeah it's probably a really yeah. good idea guys and also yeah. good to talk about it more as well i think like if it doesn't co- if this topic doesn't come up in your circle like you're less you're not thinking about mm. it at all it's not a thing yeah so now it's like yeah. awesome yeah yeah, yeah we we made, we're making it, it a thing yeah, yeah. So I mean, good. Certainly girls, you know, don't want to scare anyone. And and breast cancer is more common in women who are are, are older. Mm-hmm. Um, but young women get breast yeah. cancer. Women in their 20s and 30s get breast mm. cancer. And and we're not screening those women yeah. because it's rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, they're, they're generally self-detected because they, they feel a lump or notice wow. a change. So, you know, and, and by that stage, you know, often their breast cancer, you know, can be advanced because yeah. young women get more aggressive and you know oh. and nastier breast cancers generally. bloody hell yeah and what about men can they get breast cancer yeah absolutely so anyone with breast tissue can get breast cancer so um for every uh hundred women who get a breast cancer one man gets a breast okay. cancer so obviously it's a lot rarer um and for a variety of reasons they don't have the the hormonal stimulation that mm. we have um and they don't have as much breast tissue. Yeah. Okay. So it would be tissue. like, okay, so like when they have like that bigger kind of 
that is why they get it because there's big nerve of press on the bit. <laughs> it's not funny, right? I'm confused. Are you talking about what? moves, Carla? <laughs> we have man boobs. I don't want to call her that. She, she was totally backpedaling that question. Like, no, no, I'm oh, I have dug a hole. <laughs> okay, because, okay, so what my question is, is what is breast tissue? Because is it just like a peg mm. muscle? Okay. Because everyone has a peg muscle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think, like, my boyfriend, he doesn't have that. Like, he has, like, but he has pec muscles. Like, yep. Is there the potential yep. that he could get it? Yeah, so he has pec muscle, but behind his nipple he'll have a little island of glandular breast tissue. Uh-huh. So in your breasts are made up of two things, fat and glandular breast tissue yeah. basically, and that's pretty much all that's in there. Um, so, uh, and, yeah, men have obviously a smaller area of glandular breast mm. tissue okay. than, okay. than that, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Okay, everyone, we've got it. Yes. So if your boyfriend gets a lump behind his nipple, make him go and see his doctor. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So should they do breast checks? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're probably better off testing their testicles if they're going to pick oh, one yeah, thing true. to look at <laughs> a month. But, uh, you know. Let's talk about <laughs> do that one next time. We <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go find your urologist for that. <laughs> yeah. Please. I Breast. know. Breast. Breast. <laughs> testicles. Please. Like, um, so this is what you should do. <laughs> I heard. Oh, God. Oh, oh like, giggling schoolgirl. Like, I know. But <sighs> I guess as well, I think, you know, it is so such a serious topic but it is I think humor and lightness yeah creates a place where people can actually feel okay to to even come to terms with oh it is a possibility like one mm. in eight that that that's yeah. a lot yeah and if it's not you it's someone you're gonna know so it's like okay this is important yeah Absolutely. so we can laugh about it too though like okay. the yeah. whole testicles and yeah. breast things Absolutely. Oh, so good. Okay, so now we have got clear action steps on what we need to do with our breasts to make sure that we're breast aware. I have a question. What is breast density? Good Because I saw an advertisement for it. Yeah, and I I was like – then I Googled it Mm -hmm. and I was like – I'm confused. Yeah. This, what is this thing? So breast density gets back to that – the two things that are in breast, which Mm. is fat and glandular Mm -hmm. tissue. So – Breast density, you can only tell how dense your breasts are by looking at a mammogram. That's oh, okay. Really, it's a it's a visual thing. You can feel people's breasts and then they can look very different on a mammogram. Oh. Um, so uh, breast density refers to the ratio of that fat to glandular tissue. Oh, okay. So women who have low breast density, so it's it's graded one to four, so women with a, you know, grade one breast density, mm-hmm. um, have a very um, – and it's got nothing to do with their body habitus, but just have a lot of fat versus glandular tissue mm, in their uh-huh. breast, which for them is a good thing in that it makes their mammograms much easier to read oh. for the radiologists and people who do that. So, um, you know, and women who have a breast density of four, so they have a lot of glandular tissue, their mammograms are really complicated. Mm. Um, and often, um, you know, we worry about missing things in women with higher breast oh. density because it's just more difficult to see. So they are often recommended to have maybe um, something else as part of their screening as well, wow. such as an ultrasound, or do it more frequently. So okay. at the moment um, through Breast Screen, which is the national screening program for breast, breast cancer, um, we aren't reporting on breast density because we're not really sure at the moment, you know, what to do with that information mm. or how to change our screening programs to – fit those women Mm. um 
But certainly, you know, if you have a mammogram done privately with your GP, you know, it's worthwhile asking them, you know, do I have dense breasts or not, Um, you know, just to know. Um, Watch this space in what we're going to do with breast density because probably come, you know, down the track we will change our screening for women based on what their density is. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because Google did not help. But the only no. way to tell that is with a mammogram. A mammogram. And it really like, is. You yeah. can't feel you can't how tell dense. by what you look like or what you feel. Unfortunately not. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you could and, – and women often come in and see me and they're like, I've got really dense breasts, they're, you know, hard to feel, they're mm. lumpy, but their mammograms aren't particularly dense, which, oh, is, which is good for them. And, and vice versa, you'll have women whose, you know, breasts feel, you know, they're small and they're smooth and they're all that sort of stuff mm. and you look at their mammogram and, you know, they're – uber dense as wow. I was saying <laughs> um so you know you really can't pick it so it's not really until you have your first mammogram um that you really know How when, when did you have your first mammogram what so um the screening program is open from women from 40 so the, okay. the target age of screening and you know lots of research goes into making screening programs and finding out you know where's where do you get the best bang for your buck and where mm. are you going to pick up diseases in, in the most mm. women and make the most difference? So the screening target age is 50 to 74. Mm-hmm. So women between 50 and 74 are invited every two years to come and have their screening mammogram. Mm-hmm. Um, breast screen is available to women from 40. So okay. you're just not going to get invited. But yeah. you can ring up and make an appointment and go every two years and many women are taking up okay. the op- option, wow. which is cool. great. Cool. That's yeah. so amazing. Mm. Australia is so amazing. We are very lucky compared oh, to a yeah. lot of other countries that, you know, Places like England only screen every three years. So, oh, you know, wow. and, and it's very different all around the world. But we we're, have we've like, got a pretty yeah, good system. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, just hearing other people talking about their medical and doctor systems, I'm like, gosh, mm. you just don't know how lucky we are here because oh, we really we've are. just grown up yeah. with it yeah. and, yeah. and take yeah. it for granted almost. And then you're like, oh, yeah. wow. Oh, we're very lucky. I mean, we can find your breast cancer. We can treat it support you all the way through, yeah. you know, through the public system, you'll get wow. great care and yeah. at no cost. So. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's epic. You're mm-hmm. amazing. So what made you choose to become a breast clinician? And what's uh, the journey? Like, so you are you had to do your GP. Yeah, so I did medicine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did my undergrad, then I did medicine. It's a long journey. And then how I long, did, yeah, like, what how you many studying years? for? I did eight years at oh university my wow. God, before I got a job so you know wow. <laughs> that's a big hex debt when did um, you start uni right out of school did yeah. you know you wanted to be a doctor <laughs> it's very <laughs> I, wanted oh, I, like that. Vet. I wanted to be a oh. vet I wanted to be a but yeah I sort of I I did my undergrad in Melbourne and you had to do science first and I liked the human subjects more oh, than the, wow. the animal subjects and then obviously didn't get into vet and then got into postgraduate medicine up here in Queensland. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I moved to Queensland and uh, did four years of medicine at University of Queensland mm-hmm. and then um, eventually settled on general practice after dipping my toe in a few other specialties and, yeah, loved it. So wow. general practice is great. Um I obviously being a female GP did lots of women's health and yeah. you know all sorts of you know it's just where you sort of your interest lies mm. um and I've always done 
a lot of other stuff other part apart from sitting in my office seeing patients all day so I do a lot of surgical assisting and was working with one of the breast surgeons one day who said why don't you come and be my breast clinician and I was like what's a breast clinician (laughs) (laughs) so I looked into it a little bit and thought oh I'll give that a go you know it's sort of my interest area yeah yeah I really like it it Having a little niche yeah. kind of suits my personality rather yeah. than yeah. knowing I, a little bit about everything, you know, yeah. to, to be a bit more of an expert at one thing. So Yeah, I totally oh get that because, mm. I mean, like far out medicine and health is so freaking huge, huge yeah. that like when you're a GP, it's like everything, all topics. Yeah, and you're expected to know a bit about oh my everything that walks through the door. So far it's, out. it's, you know. It can be yeah. stressful. And, then and there's be... a lot of people who are really good at it out yes. there. <laughs> and then it would, but it would be so cool to like then like drill down into that one topic and like feel like you can become that expert and super mm. knowledgeable and then like help that area, like super focused. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you cool. know, it's always nice when I get phone calls from GPs asking me about breast yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, there's someone the same as us, but yeah. you know, this is her area. Like mm-hmm. when I was a GP, if I had someone with a weird skin thing, I'd ring, ring the skin GP. Yeah, you know, okay. knew Makes a lot more sense. about that. So, you know, you go and see your skin doctor for your skin check and a lot of women these days are choosing to go and see someone for their breast checks as yeah. well just as a, you know, add it to their list of things to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. Ah. So eight years of study and then now there's even more study that you've been doing. Yeah, so that was eight years before I could get a job as a doctor. And so then <laughs> I did my general practice training after a few years. So that was – Another, what is that, four four years? Oh, oh my God. God. I worked as a GP for a while. So you're working during this time. Okay. Uh, but, and then, so I did 10 years as a GP. And, wow. uh, and then, and then um, yeah, doing the, the Australasian Society of Breast Physicians training at wow. the moment and almost finished that. So that's so cool. Oh, so another cool. Four, so smart. four or five years. So smart. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, yes, take it. Okay. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who wanted to go into medicine? Like they're thinking, "Oh, I want to be a doctor." Like what like what would what would they do? Or what how do they, what's like the kind of mindset you need for that kind of work? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Mm. I think I think traditionally people have thought about going into medicine because they think it's, you know, good career security, mm. which it is. I mean, there's always going to be sick people out there. Yeah. Um and you earn, you know, a good income. Um, don't go into medicine if you like to have lots of money and not put in the time for it because yeah. it's toil-based. There's no mm. passive income in medicine really. Yeah. I've yet to find it. Um, so, <laughs> we could help you there. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, if there are specialties within medicine that if you're not much of a people person you could probably go into. But yeah. I think most of the time you've got to you know enjoy talking to people and knowing about their story and mm. and having some compassion and wanting to yeah. you know help them yeah. yeah wow that's beautiful that's so and beautiful. also can handle blood well there's there's specialties about that as well <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> like oh i cannot yeah. hand is down yeah i mean you know on forums and things i see you know, medical students freaking out because they they faint every time they see a needle, and I think, oh wow, wow! But they're determined to get past it That's because amazing. they want to do medicine and mm. they know this is just something they can get past. And I just admire that. I never wow. had that problem. Um, yeah. The more blood and guts, the better, as far as I was concerned. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that would be a really big barrier because it's a big part yeah. of certainly being yeah. a junior doctor. <laughs> Stick a lot of needles in people. So wow. um, yeah. So but you know, you can get past these things. But you, yes. you've 
got to want to do it for the right reasons. Yeah, and the mm. discipline to do all those years. It's a lot that. of study. And yeah. it's getting harder and harder to get on training programs and really? all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Why? Um, it's so competitive and there's oh. so many medical students coming out these days. Wow. And just not exponentially bigger oh, how training programs mm. for them to go on to. So it's it's – super competitive wow yeah how interesting Mm. oh how cool i think and i guess it must be so rewarding like it must be a super rewarding career it is i mean you're saving lives like Mm. you can't get get (laughs) your wins are pretty good your wins are good your Mm. losses are not so good but um you know there's i don't have too many days where i come home and think oh i didn't achieve anything for anyone today you know not that you think about that every day but you know yeah, it's yeah. good. I really, I like it. Yay. Yay yeah. yeah, for oh liking God. what you do. Yeah, yeah so important. Don't they say important. if you like what you do, you don't work a day in your life? I feel it. I, t- I totally feel it. I still feel like sometimes you work, but yeah. like yeah. that's oh, just like, life the thing though, is, isn't like, it? It's like it's that fulfillment though. Like, yes. It's tough work and like, yeah, you do the work, but then you're like, man, yeah. it was good. Yeah. Like, I feel good. That, that's yeah. kind of part of the fulfillment, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like working, putting so much energy and effort into something and then it, Achieving something, mm-hmm. accomplishing something. Like yeah. that is fulfillment, really. So like I don't want to just lay on the beach all day, do I? Not every, every day. day. Not every day. I no. don't. <laughs> I would get so bored. Yeah. Like, oh. You don't make great accomplishments every day. But, you yeah. know, yeah. once every few months someone will come in and say, you know, last year when I saw you, you said this and I did it. And you go, wow, really? Yeah. That's, That's awesome. So cool. yeah. yeah. God, I think if anyone even just starts checking their breasts regularly, like, boom. Yeah. Like that is a massive yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. And just knowing what things to look for yeah. and that's what to go and, you mm-hmm. know, see your doctor about. They're the yeah. expert. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. so much for coming on the show, Leah, and oh, sharing all of your wisdom and all of your knowledge and for making us all more breast aware and potentially saving lives now wow. that other people have now heard this message. It's now spreading. Like this, how amazing is it to think that? Well, I like think that, you know, we might have heard one thing somewhere and now we're going to do it and it could potentially save our lives. Absolutely. If someone says, hmm, that nipple that's now pointing you, yeah. maybe that's not normal. I and, should go and see someone. Yeah, then. and yeah. tell your family, yeah. tell your friends. Yeah. Like make it I, a subject that is talked about. Because it's just gonna make it like life better mm. for anyone who does suffer from. This. Yeah, I think it's like anyone who listens to this, share it with one other woman mm. in your life. Even if, if they if they don't want to listen to the whole podcast, just tell them. Tell them about it. Yeah. Tell them to check their boobs. Yeah, Do it together. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? The more the merrier. <laughs> a press check party. All right. <laughs> now we're dropping plates. <laughs> it's our cue to end. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back in your ears super soon. Thank you again to Dr. Leah Freeman for coming on the show. And we are so grateful for your time. Yes. Oh, my pleasure. Anytime. Guys, we had to come back on the air because we just realized that we have these, uh, I, I call them like fast, hot questions that we're like, but what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And we felt like they were silly questions, but then we realized actually if we have these questions that maybe some other people have these questions too. So we're going to come back on five to 10 more minutes talking about breast awareness because we had more questions. Yeah. I feel like this will be an even better episode. I know, right? right? <laughs> okay. So we talked about... Um, does it change depending on if you have like bigger boobs rather than smaller boobs? No. Your risk of breast cancer? No. So, but obviously women who have 
bigger breasts can find it more difficult to examine their breasts mm-hmm. just because there's more tissue things you know can hide in amongst that breast tissue mm-hmm. that you may not be aware of but no they're not at more increased risk of developing a breast okay. cancer purely due to the size of their breasts um the other thing we talked about was breast density yes um that you brought up did we talk about that on the podcast no we talked about that but you know what we yep. should, we need to talk about is finding a lump mm-hmm. because we didn't specify that when you find a lump Go see your doctor. Do not book in for a mammogram. At breast screen. At breast screen. Yeah. Yeah. So breast screen is a screening program for asymptomatic women. So we want to see women who don't have any concerns about their breasts and find if there's something in there that, you know, they're not aware of that we Mm -hmm. can see with the technology. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have a lump, you need to go and see your doctor because if you have a lump and think, okay, I'll just go and have my breast screen mammogram and, Mm -hmm. you know, not every breast cancer can be seen on on mammogram. Mm, yeah. So you might just get your well-woman letter that says everything's all good, we can't see anything that we're worried about, and you're falsely reassured when really mm. there is something. So if you have a symptom, you need to go and see your doctor because your workup needs to be different than just going and having a mammogram at breast screen. Yes. I also asked, Does do mammograms, like say you have a lump or even just in general, do mammograms make cancer worse if you have it or – do they cause it? <laughs> That's controversial. No, no is, the, is the short answer. <laughs> Look, if you were to have a mammogram, you know, once a week for your whole life, yes, you're probably getting way too much radiation. Yes. And, yes, there's a risk of that. But, but no one's getting that, no right? One's getting that. <laughs> Absolutely. So the amount of radiation, which is a scary word for a lot of people, but radiation is just we get background radiation all the time. Mm-hmm. So just walking around in the street, yeah. a mammogram is equal to 22 days of background radiation just wandering around okay wow so it's also the equivalent to um a 20-hour flight yeah people worry you know think why is you you're closer to the sun as you know there's Mm -hmm. solar flares all sorts of things that give off radiation when you're flying in in your jet across to Europe <laughs> and, you know, 20-hour flight is the equivalent to having the same okay. amount of radiation as a mammogram. Yep. So and you do don't really think, think about that when you get on a No one's going to give yeah. up their overseas holiday. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. True. For Maybe they are. Maybe. 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 I don't know. Maybe. And what was another one? It was uh, like your bra. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Does I, I asked if wearing a bra or not wearing a bra causes cancer. <laughs> <laughs> question because i get asked all the times you know should i not be wearing underwire bras well don't wear them if they're uncomfortable yeah yeah um you know if yeah. you can't Hell wait to yeah. get it off at night then yeah maybe you need to refit your bra or something but yeah. it's not going to cause cancer i'm all um, about the crop tops I and love no crop i tops. hate underwire yeah yeah no yeah. underwire. i'm always like if i'm ever wearing an underwire bra i'm like get this thing off yeah it's like, like rip want, it off as soon as you get home i just want home. a crop top <laughs> really tight one. i just like to wear no bra i'll be honest like i'm a no bra person mm, i wear no bras mm. Much more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. for comfort. If it's comfortable, yes. it's fine. But yeah, it's yeah. not going to change your um, risk of cancer. What about, because I always wonder. But it might make them saggier. So apparently. Well, so yeah. that's Depending what we should, on your tissue. We should do. But if we do um, yoga, and, yoga and strengthen our <laughs> chest muscles, this yeah. will lift the breasts. Right? No, you just have big pecs. Oh. <laughs> your boobs will droop over your pecs, but, you know. Oh, God. No bra. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> still do my body, guys. Yeah, do, do that. Do still, <laughs> still work your muscles. Still work your body. It's awesome. And then our last question, if we have covered them all, was breast implants. Mm-hmm. Oh, Does, yeah. Like how do people go about um, – Doing a breast check and the, the same way you do when oh, you okay. don't have breast implants. So breast implants are either inserted behind your pec muscle 
or in oh, front of your pec oh muscle God. and behind your breast <laughs> tissue. So your breast tissue is sitting above your breast oh. implant. So between your fingers and your breast implant is all your breast tissue. So, so, so you breast- can feel it over the implant. Wow. This is weird. I've never thought about it. So when you have the breast tissue, because what is it my breast tissue connected to now because I don't have breast implants? Yeah. Well, it's just sitting on your It's just sitting muscle. there. Yeah. So there's a <laughs> – Floating a, around. Exactly. There's a potential <laughs> oh, okay. space we talk about in medicine, potential spaces, which are just things that we can make, um, you know, between behind oh. the breast tissue and in front of your pec muscle. Wow. Yeah. So your implant can either sit in there or we often put it behind the pec muscle. Interesting. Oh. And is there any, like, risk with getting breast implants and, like, any linkages to cancer or anything? So it's very topical at the Ooh. moment. So there's a, a – um, you know, as with all things in medicine, the more women we have with breast implants, the more we see complications and wow, things developing. Yeah. So in recent years, we've uh, noticed women have developed a thing called uh, anaplastic large cell lymphoma, which is a very rare cancer that is associated with breast implants wow. and specific types of breast implants. But oh. it's extremely rare. Okay. So everyone, it's, it's extremely, extremely rare. rare. It's extremely <laughs> rare. And it has good clinical signs, as in women who develop it get a swollen breast and they get fluid sitting around their implant. Okay. Um, So, you know, we can pick it up, you know, if you notice a change with your breast implants, you know, make sure you go and see someone. Mm -hmm. Um, We can pick it up and it's, as I said, very rare, underline that twice. But, um, you know, and we can can diagnose it easily. So, but, it, you know, it is a thing that we're, it's a new thing that we're seeing because women are having breast Mm. implants. So, um, but it's certainly not a reason to go and panic and have your breast implants taken out um, because most implants are, in there and uncomplicated and never mm-hmm. going to cause you okay. that problem. But if you notice a, a change, you need to go and see someone. You're much more likely to just to develop a normal breast cancer because one in eight women are going to get that. Yeah. yeah. Any problem yeah. associated with your implant. So it's so like regardless, panic. regardless <laughs> yeah. of if you had the implants just or not. still do yeah. the yeah. breast checks. Yes. yes. Just check that. Go and have a chat to your doctor if you're worried about them. Oh, so good. Well, I'm really glad that we covered these last questions that we had that yeah. we thought were dumb questions but actually weren't dumb questions. Not at all. And I think it's a just a reminder to celebrate amazingness of breasts, like mm-hmm. all shapes and sizes. Isn't it amazing? Mm-hmm. Everyone and looks so different. believe me, they come in all shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah, you must yeah, have you seen, seen so How many cool. How many, you wonder? How many have I seen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> She's like, I don't keep count. 20 per day. Well, actually, 40 per day. Wow. Everyone has two. <laughs> oh, my god. Most women have two. Some women don't. Some women have none. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's so interesting. Oh, and you shared something yesterday when we were chatting that people get tattoos, like, on there once they get – because they get – People get what are they called? Double mastectomy. So you have a mastectomy, yep. yep. And then some women choose to have a reconstruction. Yes. So they have. So what do they put on their old breast implants? So they can either have breast implants or they can have uh, tissue from another part of their body. Wow. Make breasts. And they do some crazy, amazing things wow. these days. It's coming along. But you know, if if we've had to take the nipple off as part of your yeah. um, surgery. Uh, a lot of women, when they have their reconstruction, don't have a, a nipple, obviously. Yeah. So they can get tattoos and things as you know in place of their nipples. And people put some amazing things on there. How cool! So yeah, you said that someone put pig snouts on them. Yeah, yeah. I saw a lady that had little pig snouts as her nipples because she liked pigs. Like, and because was, why made not? Her smile when yeah. she looked in the mirror. Isn't, so why not? Because I isn't love that it. nice? It made me smile when I looked in the mirror. Yeah, it's like so important. So important. Happy, something that can so important. You know, didn't make her happy for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Oh, wow. You know, get a bit of pleasure out of it so you know glass half full so yes so amazing and like amazing obviously movement just 
it forward in medicine that mm-hmm. we are able to do these operations and yeah. like get people feeling good again. Mm. Yep. So important. Mm. Well, so thank cool. you for coming back on My these pleasure. last five minutes. <laughs> I feel like they're very important questions. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you